This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Terps lose in, in at Northwestern last night, 72-69, to 69, despite 36 points from Jameer Young. Brandon Gordon was on the call last night with Robbie Hummel on Big Ten Network, and he joins us now courtesy of the WGK Law Guest Hotline. And Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. You guys have been doing multiple Terps games this year. What are you noticing from Jameer Young of late? Because it seems like he's taking it up a couple notches. Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. I think it's just a classic case, and we saw it from him at times last year, of an older guy that's really good that realizes, hey, this team needs him to kind of carry them on his back. He is clearly the alpha. He's the best player, and at times he just kind of takes things and runs with it literally and figuratively. He he was fantastic, as Robbie and I talked about during the broadcast. It can't be a one-man band, and I know you guys know that. You've seen what's going on with Maryland. They're going to have to start to get more contributions from others, or I think a lot of these close games in Big Ten play, especially on the road, could go against them. Someone they need to get more production out of is Julian Reese, and he came in with a lot of hype this year. Kevin Willard really talking him up. In the games that you've seen, Julian, uh, what are you seeing? Well, it's a difference when he gets double team versus when he has single coverage. So against Illinois, when they won at Illinois, the Illini, I think, made a mistake in only putting one defender on him and not bringing an extra defender. And what he did was he carved him up. He looked dominant. And I think he took it personally, the fact that he only had one defender on him. Northwestern had a great game plan. They they helped at the right time on both blocks, and I think it really disrupted Julian. He had five turnovers in the first half, and the big reason why was the double would come on the block, and he would try to skip to the opposite wing, and then somebody would be there and intercept the pass and go the other way. So, look, what does that mean? That means that this is going to continue to happen to Julian Reese. Most teams are going to defend him like Northwestern and not like Illinois. He's going to have to become a more proficient passer. He's, he's improved in that area. But he can't have lapses like last night where you go on the road and you have five turnovers in the half. That's just really going to hurt Maryland. So when he cannot score, when he attracts a double, he's got to become better at passing out of the post to find somebody else. And and then also when he does find that person, Maryland's going to have to start knocking down some outside shots. They don't need to shoot 40% from three. That's not realistic. But 27%, unfortunately for them, is just not going to cut it. Just from an uh, and sort of an, an effort standpoint and a competitive standpoint, um, 
and I guess a consistency standpoint, though, do you feel like we're safe in saying they've kind of turned the corner that some, whatever was said or thrown or done at that halftime against Michigan where it looked like they were going to blow one at home where they're usually pretty ironclad against an inferior team, it, it feels like they are more in this Big Ten fight now than maybe two, three weeks ago? Uh, no question. And I think that that starts with Dante Scott. Mm. Dante Scott is starting to wake up for whatever reason at times earlier this year. And I remember having him at Villanova and that was a coming home party for him. He just looked asleep. And this is a guy who's been around for five years, who scored 1500 points. He's been through the wars and they need him. They need his energy. They need his leadership. And that was lacking back in November and December. And I do think that Dante Scott is starting to turn a corner. And we talked about three point shooting you know, here's a guy who a couple of years ago as a sophomore shot 44% from long range. You know that he's capable. He hit three three-pointers last night. He didn't do as much effectively late in the game, but I do think that drive, that energy, that want to is there from him now. And I sure hope that continues because I think that can really change the trajectory for Maryland here the rest of the way. We're talking to Brandon Galden. It's Inside Access here on the fan. Brandon, I'm curious because we had high expectations for this team this season. Frankly, we thought they'd be better than they were a year ago. What did you think of Maryland coming into the season? I thought they would be better too, but I, I thought that some of that would hinge on whether or not this freshman class could shoot the ball. And look, Deshaun Harris-Smith, I think, is just unfortunately not a great shooter. He's going to, over time, bring other skill sets that certainly are valuable at the Big Ten level. But right now he's shooting 17% from three. And maybe he can improve that, and I think he will. But to ask him to jump from 17% up to 35% might be too much. But the guy that I think, I hope can shoot it better over the long term is Jamie Kaiser. He has a shot that looks good. He was billed as a shooter in high school. And I think uh, Kevin Willard didn't say this to me, so I don't want to act like I'm putting words in his mouth, but I'm guessing Kevin Willard thought that he was going to get more production from Kaiser, and that could have really helped stretch the floor. Uh, So those are the two guys that I think, look, they're going through some freshman growing pains right now, and maybe – they were thought to have been a little bit better, a little quicker than they have been, and that has handicapped Maryland a little bit. Uh, but what happens, again, when you cannot shoot the ball on the perimeter, whether it's those guys or whoever else is shooting the basketball from outside, then that allows the other teams to focus more on doubling Julian Reese. And when that shuts him down, it basically, basically becomes Jameer Young versus the world. And a lot of times in Big Ten play, that's just going to be too much for Maryland to overcome. It's still pretty early in conference play but but the Terps opponent last night Northwestern they made the tournament last year won a game in the tournament before falling to UCLA they're currently third in the standings where do you see them in the mix uh, in the Big Ten I think outside of Purdue and even though we've seen Purdue lose a couple here recently so uh, obviously Wisconsin uh, may, may be all of a sudden the, the team to beat in the Big Ten, but I, I still think Purdue's the best team. And then I think after Wisconsin, it, it gets pretty muddled. I think there's just a group of teams that is good, good enough to make the tournament for sure, uh, but it's just going to be kind of cannibalism the rest of the way. And we saw that a lot last year, too. And I put Northwestern in that mix of teams. They are good enough to make the tournament. There's no question. I think it's going to be similar to last year where you get into late February, early March, and all of a sudden these games get put under a microscope because they're so big. Every game feels like a bubble game. And my guess for Northwestern, late February, early March, 
They're going to be hovering around 500 in Big Ten play, maybe a game or two above, and they're going to be playing for their postseason life. And, and look, maybe Maryland will be in that spot too. I know right now Maryland fans are thinking, well, I don't know, this might be a lost season, and I get it. They don't have enough quality wins right now, really just that one at Illinois that sticks out. But the thing about Big Ten play is that pretty much every game you play, with the exception this year of just a couple of teams, Penn State being one of them, but every game is kind of a chance for a quality win. So you're not going to have any bad losses the rest of the way. And if you can stack up uh, 9-10 wins in conference play, get in the Big Ten tournament and win a game or two, you're in the conversation for a bid. Anybody in the league that can do that would be. And so all hope is not lost, I, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and th- those road wins are so hard to come by. You obviously call games throughout this conference in different settings. Sometimes the home team is a prohibitive favorite. Sometimes they're they're not. For your money, Brandon, is there a toughest barn in this conference? Is there one or two that really stand out as all things being equal, the toughest? I think Mackey has become the toughest. I, I think 10 years ago it was still tough, but not what it is now. It has been built into this crazy venue where it's it's such a hot ticket, mm-hmm. and it's near. If, unless you have season tickets or you're one of the students that gets access to get in there early, it's hard to get into that game. And it's different. Like Assembly Hall at Indiana is is a different feel because it's such a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. The ceiling is a lot higher, seventeen thousand. Mackey's fourteen thousand, but the ceiling is low, and everybody's on top of you, and it's a tin roof, and the noise is just deafening. So I, I do think right now, I think it, it shifts. There was mm-hmm. a time when Michigan State maybe was, right. but I think right now Mackey's probably the toughest venue. Is Maryland second tier, third tier? Where, where do you put them? Oh, oh, definitely not third tier. No, second tier. I put, I put Maryland. When that place is full, yeah. you know, I've been there sometimes for those early tips and traffic in that area. You guys know it's, it's tough to yeah. get there, and so it can be a sleepy crowd at the start. But, no, when that place is full – it's right up there near the top. And, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on there with you guys. It's just a fantastic atmosphere. Brandon Gordon, Big Ten Network, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for thank having you. me. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.